Good evening. It's often said that people see what they want to see, and sometimes not what's really right in front of their noses. It's fun, a form of escape, to believe in an illusion rather than look at what's really there. Take a look at this image. Some people see a young woman with her head turned away from us, yet others see a side view of an old haggardly woman with a big hooked nose and protruding chin with a gaping mouth. But in reality, the truth is that there are two images existing in one. It's an illusion that we only see one person when there are really two, two very different women, depending on how you care to look at things. Tonight's story is one of exploring illusion and differences. Differences between what we know and sometimes what we don't know. Differences between how we think things are and how they really are. Differences between fact and fiction. Differences between people that who at the very core and essence of their being are seen differently by others who perceive them to be something else. Carl Jung is quoted as saying, you are what you do not what you say you'll do. During the show, we'll take a look at the two faces of Bill Cosby, international entertainer and comedian, father figure, husband, fundraiser for charities, all around super nice guy, right? And the other Bill Cosby, alleged serial rapist. Hello, friend. Bill Cosby has been a star for as long as most of us can remember. He is a part of our ideals of all things American. Many of us literally grew up with him. His stand-up comedian gigs, his records, his fatherly image as Mr. Huxtable. And when you are such an icon of Americana as he was and is, there is also a lot of responsibility that comes along with that territory. People hold you up in high esteem and assign all sorts of value labels and feelings towards you. People get emotionally involved with the persona, the radio, the TV and the big screen image that is in front of us day after day after day. But is the persona that we hold dear with celebrities always the same as the real person? What the person does rather than what their celebrity says they'll do. Is, in Bill Crosby's case, we may be witness to the differences between illusion, Mr. Huxtaby, funny guy, and Bill Cosby, the troubled man with a dark, disturbing past. The allegations of using quaaludes to drug women first surfaced in 2005 when Andrea Constant, a plaintiff filed a civil complaint in a federal court in Philadelphia against William H. Cosby Jr., asserting claims of battery sexual assault, intentional and negligent infliction of emotional distress, defamation per se, and false light invasion of privacy. Both parties at the time were in agreement the records be sealed, and the court ruled in their favor stating that the purpose of the interim, and that word is key, as we'll see later, the interim sealing and protocol was to develop a record upon which the court may calibrate the scales 
upon which the proper balancing of private and public interests may take place. So the court entered a temporary seal, removing the documents from public view, pending a full hearing. And coincidentally, about the same time, the Associated Press filed a request that the documents be made public. Before the court could even rule on the motion to seal the documents or not, the parties settled the case. Now, fast forward 10 years, and at the end of December 2014, at the end of last year, the Associated Press popped back up again, formally requesting that the documents be unsealed and made available to the public. After no real response, the AP filed a kind reminder to the courts in June of this year, and by the end of June, the court held a hearing concerning the, the uh, Associated Press's request to unseal the documents and Cosby's objection to doing so. Cosby's legal defense for objecting was filed under what's known as Rule 26C, which basically says on matters relating to a deposition that documents can remain sealed to protect a party or person from annoyance, embarrassment, oppression, or undue burden or expense. But since the initial deposition, things had changed drastically of the last couple years, especially the fact that a number of other persons have publicly alleged similar conduct on the part of Cosby in the media and in at least two pending civil actions. The court took this into consideration. In addition, the court said, defendant, Cosby, has responded publicly with denials as to the veracity of the claims and questioned the possible motives of his accusers. By joining the debate about the merits and the allegations against him, he has further diminished his entitlement to a claim of privacy. In other words, he was taking a very public defense and trying to build a case of public empathy and support to move opinion in his favor. The courts did not like that. They went on to assert, moreover, the Associated Press's interest in obtaining defendants' depositions is legitimate. The purpose for which the deposition is sought and surely will be distributed to the world is not merely commercial gain or interest in exposing the details of defendant's personal life, nor is it simply a matter of collateral to the issues in the lawsuit. Rather, the stark contrast between Bill Cosby, the public moralist, and Bill Cosby, the subject of serious allegations concerning improper and perhaps criminal conduct, is a matter as to which the Associated Press, and by extension the public, has a significant interest. Ah, the illusion versus the reality comes out again here. The differences between the two Cosbys and Bill Cosby attempt, Bill's Cosby's attempts to attach his fictional persona to his real self, to somehow blend the two, that bothered the courts a lot, apparently. And their last main point, they said, quote, Finally, the nature of the allegations, sex, drugs, seduction, etc., do not cloak this case, including the depositions of one of the parties, with an automatic or per se seal of silence. Were it otherwise, the distinction 
would create a category of cases which, because of the inflammatory nature of their subject matter, would always lie outside public scrutiny. This point is particularly relevant here where the allegations of improper conduct are not collateral to or background information in the case, but rather form its very essence. So, their conclusion? Given the circumstances of this case, the court concludes that defendant has a diminished privacy interest and that this diminished interest is outweighed by the Associated Press's and the public's interest in gaining access to his disposition, to his deposition, I'm sorry, testimony. As a last-ditch defense, Cosby claimed that the deposition testimony should remain sealed as it would cause harmful embarrassment to him. However, the courts ruled against Cosby, stating, Defendant Cosby has not specifically shown why his embarrassment would be particularly serious at this time and in the context of this case. In short, Defendant has failed to show what specific and severe injuries he would suffer upon release of the deposition. At this time, which he has not already experienced. In addition, the court concluded with this. The court was never presented with the settlement agreement or asked to retain jurisdiction over the enforcement of the confidentiality portion of that agreement, the early agreement. Two, when the case settled, the court was not asked to permanently seal the discovery material, which at that time was subject to only an interim sealing order. Because the defendant, Cosby, did not seek the court's imprimatur on his intent to keep the documents from ever seeing the light of day, his reliance that the discovery materials would remain out of the public eye was misplaced. So basically, they said that they have nothing to do with the production of the deposition. Anyway, they are out of it. So they unsealed the testimony, which apparently shouldn't have been sealed over the last 10 years anyway, based on what they said, and it was only by additional cases of alleged rape against Cosby and the Associated Press's insistence that the papers were eventually released for public viewing. So the documents were indeed unsealed and placed into the public domain per the Associated Press's request. And now I'm going to read a few lines from that deposition, which is basically a set of questions of discovery between the plaintiff's legal representatives, Cosby, and Cosby's legal counsel. At the beginning of the deposition, there were lots of background questions like, where do you live, what's your name, that sort of thing. But then when they came to the second set of questions relating to quaaludes, this is how it went. Dolores Troiani who was the plaintiff's legal rep, asked this question. You gave them, meaning quaaludes, to other people? Answer, Cosby, yes. Question, you gave those drugs to other people knowing that it was, then his legal representative, uh, Patrick J. O'Connor, steps in and says, he said he gave it to, blanked out, right now. Troiani says, he said other people. He did say other people. Next question, knowing that it was illegal, Mr. Connor steps in again, whatever the legality of it is, it will stand. I'm instructing him not to answer. He gave the quaaludes. If it was illegal, the courts will determine that. 
Next question. Did you ever get another prescription for Quaaludes from another doctor after that time? The legal representative for uh, Cosby jumps in again and says, this is the 70s. And the witness uh, says, um, Cosby, no. Next question, who are the people that you gave the Quaaludes to? Again, the legal rep jumps in and says, keep it to the Jane Doe's. I'm not going beyond it. I'm instructing him not to answer it beyond the Jane Doe's. Then Mrs. Troyani says in her next question, she asks, when you got the Quaaludes, was it in your mind that you were going to use these Quaaludes for young women that you wanted to have sex with? Cosby's response, yes. Next question, did you ever give any of those young women the Quaaludes without their knowledge? Again, Cosby's rep jumps in and says, objection to the question. Restrict it to the Jane Doe's, would you please? Troiani says, no, I will not. The legal rep says, do not answer it, instructing Cosby to not answer it. The plaintiff's legal representative, Troiani, says, it's a discovery deposition. And then Cosby says, I misunderstood woman, meaning, hmm, not and not women. So he's trying to pull it back a little bit from talking about one woman versus many women. Next question. Okay, so you're saying you never gave the Quaaludes to anyone other than so-and-so. And the legal rep jumps in for uh, Cosby and says, don't answer that question. You can ask all the questions you want about the Jane Doe's. Then the plaintiff's legal rep says, sir, I want to explain to you. I'm asking you a question. You have every right in the world to say no. You're misunderstanding me. Cosby says, I just did. Okay. And so those were the kinds of questions that were going back and forth in this deposition. Okay, now, if things aren't bad enough, Whoopi Goldberg rushes to Cosby's defense on her talk show, The View, to overtly state that in the USA that a person is not guilty until proven so, that she will hold judgment and that the judicial course of due process should take charge. Whoopi, did you read the testimony? Cosby admitted to giving quaaludes to young women with the intent of having sex with them. If the sex were consensual, why the need to drug them? And as of July 8th, just this month, 2015, the total number of women that have now come forward is 45. I could see how you could write off one or two women, but 45, come on, how is that possible? How is it possible that this could be a conspiracy? Wake up, Whoopi. Sometimes the color purple is indeed purple. Didn't you once play a character that peed into Shook Avery's husband's iced tea because he abused her? Is this just another case of a difference between illusion and reality? Whoopi, stop defending Cosby on your show and in your tweets. Focus on the victims. How about that? And that ain't all, folks. A Salon.com piece reported on comments being made by a conservative black activist group, Project 21. Archbishop Council Ned II, one of the founders of Project 21, criticized the judge's decision this week to unseal Cosby's testimony from the 2005 civil lawsuit brought forth by the sexual assault accuser, in which the comedian admitted to procuring quaaludes in order to sedate and assault women with whom he wanted to have sex. 
insinuating that the judge's decision to release the court documents to the Associated Press was biased and unfair. Ned called the scores of women who have come forward to accuse Cosby of sexual assault opportunistic. Really? Come on. And if those two defenders of Cosby aren't enough, Stacy Brown of the New York Post reports that two confidants of the couple say that his own wife says that she knows her husband is a serial philanderer, but believes his scores of accusers consented to drugs and sex. So, here is the question of the night. Do you think that Bill Cosby committed the crimes that he is alleged to have committed? Are you more likely to stand with Whoopi Goldberg and activist groups defending Cosby? Or are you convinced by mounting testimonies and public opinion that he is a serial rapist? Answer on Twitter with hashtag TFSSCosby. Well, that's all for tonight, folks. Have a good night. See you next time.